1: Hello and welcome to another ArsBlog ArsCast. Coming up on this week's show, we have got the man in the bar, Ebue, a tale of the unexpected. We're talking to the AST, plus stuff about the Arsenal Stadium mystery. Stay tuned. So a busy show for you this week, and in amongst all the usual crap, uh, we've got some good stuff too. Uh, Tim Payton from the Arsenal Supporters Trust joins us in a few minutes' time uh, to talk about Stan Kroenke. The AST went to Colorado, had some meetings with his people, and we discuss uh, those meetings and the future involvement of Stan Kroenke in Arsenal Football Club. Also, the Arsenal Stadium Mystery. It's a film that I'm sure many, many of you have seen, but did you know it started life as a book? It did, you know, we find out about that, how it's been republished, and we give you a chance to win a copy. Not just one copy, two copies. Well, two people can win a copy. Wouldn't be fair, would it, to give two copies to one person? It would be unfair and rather pointless as well. So that's all to come in amongst all the usual stuff and bits and pieces. So what's been happening since the last cast? Well, the main thing, I suppose, that's been happening is Emmanuel Adibayor. Uh, he's been talking a lot, hasn't he? He was in some kind of press conference saying, oh, I'm going to stay at Arsenal. I love Arsenal. Arsenal's great. Arsen Wenger's great. Blah, 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 blah. And then, and then, we got these quotes from him, uh, you know, afterwards saying, we'll see what happens in a couple of weeks. And, you know, Arsenal, we're going to talk next week and blah, blah, blah. And then on Sunday, we got this, uh, this quote. Barcelona have made a good financial offer. And there's also the chance to play alongside great players. Like the ones you're playing alongside at the moment aren't good enough do that what you're saying? He says, yes, I'm still under contract to Arsenal, but it's up to the directors to satisfy my demands or I'll leave. I have to prepare for my retirement. Even if you are not scoring fine goals and you have money, you can enjoy a happy retirement. The time for preparing for that moment is now. 24 years of age. And all he's thinking about is money. And I suppose it's a difficult thing not to think about if someone... Allegedly, is offering you X amount of money. And what I thought was really interesting was when these stories started breaking in the in the Spanish press. They were sort of saying, "Well, Adibayor, you know, he's on he's on OK money at Arsenal, so Barcelona don't really have to pay him that much more." Adibayor was talking about earning the same amount of money as Thierry Henry, but he's dreaming, dreaming if he thinks that Barcelona are going to pay him that much money. One of the attractions, I suppose, of Bayor to them is that because his salary is, relatively speaking, quite low, they don't have to pay him a huge increase in order to make it attractive. Barcelona will not be paying him £120,000 a week. Will not happen. They won't be paying him £80,000 a week which is what, I believe, he demanded from Arsenal at the end of the season. His agents uh, demanded £80,000 a week, and, and Arsenal said, well, you know, we just gave you a new contract last summer. Yeah, but we, w- we won another one, because I scored 30 goals. Doesn't quite work like that. Then you have Stefan Kurbis, who's uh, Adibayor's agent, saying if this is a money problem, then he would have asked to leave. Uh, and we go back to what Adibayor said. Uh, they must satisfy my demands, or i leave. But Corbis says, if it was a money problem, then he would have asked to leave. Adibayor, they must satisfy my demands or i leave. So, someone's not talking to someone here, or, you know, the agent is just talking out of his arse. Uh, Corbis goes on to say, I know that Arsenal's political position is that they don't pay high salaries. Whatever they decide, the decision will be taken with respect. And, of course, uh, Adibayor and his agent have showed Arsenal and Arsenal fans a huge amount of respect over the last... A week or so, or since this whole story has kicked off, haven't they? They really have. Uh, I'm led to believe that a lot of Arsenal's uh, salaries, or the deals uh, that players get, are performance-related. So the more Arsenal win in a season, the more wages you get. And um, the last three seasons have been fairly bare in terms of trophies, which I suppose has an effect on what a player earns. I think it's good to have an incentive-based system because if a guy is getting exactly what he wants and there's no, I mean, I, seriously, I don't know how you can incentivize somebody. Oh, well, you're earning £50,000 a week and you could, you know, bump that up to fifty-five grand a week if you win a trophy. I, I You know, the figures are too bizarre for me to even get my head around. But that's what it is. You, you earn more money if you win trophies. Arsenal haven't been winning trophies, so the players aren't earning maybe as much as their counterparts in, in other clubs who are getting straight fat salaries uh, for doing, well, doing what they do, whether they win a trophy or not. So um, we have this situation now where Arsenal um, have apparently turned down a £25 million bid from Barcelona. I'm not sure I believe that. Uh, AC Milan say they were quoted £35.8 million to bring Adibayor to Italy. They say, well, we can't afford that. And a little deal has been done there, you see. What's happened is that Barcelona need money for Adebayor if they really want him. So what they've done, I think, is probably they're going to agree to sell Ronaldinho for a relatively knockdown down price to AC Milan to free up some cash so they can make another bid. But already Barcelona have spent, I don't know, 80 million, 90 million euros uh, this summer. They brought in some amount of players and spent a huge amount of money. Um, so Bayor is in a position now where all the goodwill that he worked very, very hard to achieve Uh, the the hard work he put in on the pitch, the brilliant, brilliant season he had last season. And make no mistake, 30 goals in a season is an excellent return for a striker that Arsene Wenger thought was only going to get 15. He had a fantastic season. And people who weren't convinced by him were going, well, you know, okay, well, mm, he might actually be quite a good player. Mm." Of course, I think everybody would like to see him do it again before we decide that he's a great player, that he's the sort of player that's worth a £30 million transfer fee or, or worth the wages that he seems to think he's worth. However, he's now gone and fucked all that up completely. And if this deal doesn't go through to Barcelona, or he doesn't go somewhere, what's the reception he's going to get like from, from the Arsenal fans? Not going to be great, is it? Sort of like you or I working in an office, and, and you go for an interview for another job. And they say, yes, we'd like to give you the job. And you say, oh, brilliant. And you go back to the office and you go, you see, you, you're a cunt. I've always fucking hated you. Can't stand your head, your face. Stop talking to me. I want to rip your eyes out every time. And you, you're a fucking wanker. And you, you're a prick. And see that guy over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been riding your wife for the last And And, and fuck off all of you. And then you get a phone call and they say, uh, very sorry, but we can't actually give you that job for whatever reason. And you go, oh, bollocks. And that's kind of what it will be like for Adi Bayor if a deal doesn't go through this summer. I think Arsenal are playing hardball. I I think all the talk of us not wanting to sell him or setting a price too high. I think it's all kind of crap. I think that if the player really, really, really wants to leave, then I don't think Arsene Wenger will keep him. But what he'll do is he will play his hand very close to his chest uh, and he'll get the best money that we can possibly get for him. But if we don't, hmm interesting for Adi Bayor, uh, to say the least. So uh, that's, that's what's going on there. And it is turning into the saga of the summer. Maybe, maybe Adi Bayor thinks that, you know, if you want to be an Arsenal, great, this is, this is what you do. You create this transfer hysteria around yourself and, and then you stay and everyone goes, hooray, staying, hooray. Instead of going, oh, you're a fucking stupid asshole. What are you doing? ''Who have you got managing your career, you fucking big lanky wanker? What are you on about?'' So anyway, we'll sit tight and and see what happens with that in the end. Some uh, more transfer news, not that there is a great deal, a little bit later on in the show. Now, the Arsenal Supporters Trust went to Colorado to meet with Stan Kroenke's people. Stan Kroenke is rumoured to be uh, taking a position on the Arsenal board. So to find out about that meeting and uh, what went on and Stan Kroenke's involvement with Arsenal on the board, uh, we welcome Tim Payton from the Arsenal Supporters Trust. Hi, Tim. Now, you were recently uh, in the U.S. to meet with uh, Stan Kroenke's people, and obviously we all know who Stan Kroenke is. Tell me first, uh, how did that meeting come about or that sort of link-up? The
2: meeting followed uh, an extensive dialogue we've had with um, Stan Kroenke and Kroenke Sports Enterprises. Since they first invested in the club, we see our role as being to have a dialogue with all shareholders, um, large and small, so that we can work together in the best interests of Arsenal. We had the chance to meet Stan Quonkey himself a couple of times in London over the last year, and we've always said we'd like to go and see the setup that he has over there, and he's always said we'd be very welcome. It fell very nicely that at the end of the season, so it didn't interfere with seeing any Arsenal games, we were able to go over and watch a Colorado Rapids game when they played Dallas. So just about a month ago, that's what we did. We went to check out him and his operations.
1: What did you find over there? Were you impressed by the the footballing side of things? and? And obviously the Colorado Rapids, you know, there's a huge difference between the Colorado Rapids and and Arsenal. But in general, what what was it like? There is
2: absolutely a huge difference. I think, you know, if we we go to the game that we watched, which was enjoyable and, and played... In, in a style of I thought a team that tried to play football, but I'd be surprised if Colorado Rapids would be halfway up of our championship level and the size of the stadium is is just eighteen thousand. Having said that, a new build, excellent facilities, really well laid out stadium would put to shame, you know, some of the places that we visit in the Premier League even. So we were impressed by the setup. We were impressed, I think, particularly by the amount of investment that they've made into football in the States. And that does really differentiate Stan Kroenke from all the other Americans and more widely overseas investors into English football who haven't got their own set up at home. And I think it demonstrates that Kroenke is looking to build on sports, investments and businesses that he already has. He's put in place, I think it's 18 pitches there. We saw where the Arsenal Academy is going to run. We met a scout and coach, Gary Smith, who they've brought in from the Arsenal set-up fairly recently to help them build their um, young sides over there. Uh, and, and in all, we, we found a set-up that understood sport, invested in it over there, and I think you know has got a role to play in being a contributor to Arsenal, albeit at a very different level.
1: All right. I mean, let's let's take it back to Arsenal because there are stories, obviously, that Stan Kroenke might take a position um, on the Arsenal board. Some people have said that Kroenke being a member of the board is the first step to him taking over the club. Did you get that sort of impression from him or, or his people in terms of his uh, intentions towards Arsenal or indeed the, the intentions of the Arsenal board towards Kroenke?
2: We got the impression that joining the board would be a natural progression for someone who holds, you know, approximately 13% of the shares and feels that they could play a role in helping the club to move forward. We didn't feel that it was all about a takeover, rather it was about, you know, building the relationship between the two sides and, you know, Arsenal getting the benefit of someone who understands sport, who understands property development, who understands international media rights to add to their skill set. Um, the other thing I would particularly mention that we saw over there that I thought was very interesting was the TV station that they've invested in. Not only does that give a platform into the American market, perhaps for giving Arsenal more coverage, but it means that we really have someone who understands how to exploit and take forward the club's media rights. And of course, part of his getting involved with the board will be to take forward the 50% partnership he has in Arsenal broadband. So we felt it was much more about, you know, a professional business relationship developing. And also it makes sense to have someone with that kind of holding and that kind of skill set joining the board. And we have said that we think that would be to the advantage of Arsenal and therefore encourage that move to
1: take place. Obviously as well. I mean, we have all that expertise that he can bring on board, but uh, the stake that he holds in the club, it's much better to have a friendly, Stan cranky, Uh, with the threat of uh, Usmanov looming over the club as well?
2: Well, I think it's always good to have strength around the board table and and if and when Stan joins the board, there'll be about 60% of the club's equity represented at that board table. Uh, We welcome that. I I make it very clear to all all of your Arsenal-supporting listeners that we don't support at this stage a takeover by Stan Kroenke or by anybody else. We're very resolute in our position that we think the club is well run. We support the work that the board have done, particularly in putting in place the new stadium. And we see Stan Kroenke as being able to complement their work and maintain the long-term custodianship that we think is important in the way Arsenal is owned and run.
1: Tim, good to hear your thoughts and your uh, your experiences on that. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. That was Tim Payton from the Arsenal Supporters Trust. And if you'd like more information on the Arsenal Supporters Trust, who they are, what they do, and what you can do, how you can get involved, uh, you can visit their website, www.arsenaltrust.org. You'll find all the information you need on there. Uh, interesting stuff about Cronky, I suppose, with uh, Uzmanov and Dean lurking in the background. If Cronky comes on board, then it certainly does strengthen the position of the, uh, of the current board against the takeover uh, from a man that... Nobody would like to see take over the club. I know David Dean has got his supporters, and that's absolutely fair enough, but I don't understand how anybody uh, would want Alisher Uzumanov to be in charge of Arsenal Football Club. I just it, it makes my brain hurt. Now, though, we'll do... What will we do? Player history? Why not? Fabulous
3: it was such a good time since I felt like Shirley Valentine, so I did. Oh, dear! Blogger. how's it going? Did you miss me while well, I was on my holidays? You did? Oh, you're very kind to say so all together. I had a marvellous time, so I did. Oh, it was wonderful. Do you want to check out me tan? Look, it's all over. I'll show you the all over it. What? You don't want to? Jesus, you're as bad as all those parents sitting around the pool going, You there, you can't be showing your penis in public. There's children around here. And I'm saying... Your child has a penis, doesn't he? Because if he doesn't, he's in big fucking trouble. What's the difference? Mine's a little bit bigger and slightly more used than his. But I suppose people have their hang-ups about these kind of things. Anyway, this week we're going to do an old player history. This week we're talking about a fella who played for Arsenal for only a couple of seasons and his name is Emmanuel Adebayor. What? What do you mean he's not left yet? He hasn't. After everything that he said. All right then. Okay, well, Could uh, good job I had a bit of a backup plan. This week we're talking about a fella
0: called Alexander Klebb. Now- this holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy celebrate the holiday season with the holiday crush they've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun packed challenges every week for five whole weeks finishing on january 4th the more challenges you complete the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards so are you ready to crush the holidays play the holiday crush now download it from the app store google play or windows store for free terms and conditions apply
1: hey michael phelps here i want to tell you a bit about online therapy Online therapy is not about time and place. It's any time and any place. Did you know that over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health? I'm one of them. And that's why I'm here to tell you about online therapy and how it can change your life. Online therapy is just as easy as joining a video call or texting with a friend. Only you'll be talking to a licensed therapist from your device on your schedule. Talkspace is more committed than ever to making therapy accessible and affordable for all. Go to Talkspace.com and start working with a licensed therapist today. Brought to you by Talkspace. Therapy for all.
0: Get $100 off your first month of Talkspace therapy with coupon 100 for you.
3: Alexander Cleb was... What? He's not gone either. After what his agent said and all them stories linking him to Barcelona and all that. He's still here. Really? Seriously? Jesus. It's going to be some happy dressing room, isn't it? They don't go. All right then. Um, I suppose uh, we could talk about um, Jimmy McJimbert McDougal Cavendish McJim Jim. It was a Scottish fella, as you might have gathered. played for Arsenal only one game in 1901. That's what it was. I'm trying to cast my mind back. You're too young to remember this fella. And he came down from Scotland on the train one Saturday morning to go watch a game at Arsenal. And there he was, standing in the stand. Even though the stand wasn't built yet. He was standing where the stand was about to be built. In, like, 12 years' time. In a completely different place because... Anyway, he was there and one of the Arsenal players got injured. And they had no such thing as substitutes back in those days. But because Jimmy McJimber thing whatever his name was, was so poor... All he could afford was a pair of football boots that he wore around all the time. And he came on and he scored a goal from inside his own half. Like David Beckham. And then um, he died on the pitch. It was terribly sad. He was buried there and then on the spot. Which made the intricate passing of the Arsenal team at that time a little bit difficult. Because of the great big mound in the middle of the pitch. But we never forgot him, Jimmy uh, McAdooble thing. So he... These days he's still dead. So he is. Uh, See you next week,
1: so bye now, boy. The man in the bar, back from his holiday and his holiday romance, will be back on next week's Arscast with another player history. Now, the Arsenal Stadium mystery. And I don't mean the price of a hot dog at the Emirates. <laughs> uh, the Arsenal Stadium mystery was a film released in 1939, but apparently it began life as a book. That book has recently been brought back into print uh, by a guy called Greg Adams, who joins me now. Hi, Greg. Hi,
4: Asperger. How are you?
1: I'm well, thanks very much. Now, The Arsenal Stadium Mystery is a film, and it's one of those that gets repeated on, on film four quite often. Um, but it started life as a book. I'm not sure too many people knew that. I certainly didn't.
4: No, and uh, neither did I until, uh, until I stumbled across the book by chance about 20 years ago. And, uh, let's say I was, um, sitting in a bar having a drink with some friends and it was a, it was a, it was a very strange bar in as much as it you know, had a lot of, uh, old books, uh, on, on some shelves and my eyes happened to fall upon, uh, the book called The Arsenal Stadium Mystery and, uh, and, uh, to cut a long story short, I eventually acquired a copy of the book about five years ago, uh, thought it would be a good idea knowing that the book was book wasn't in print. Uh, thinking it was a good idea to have it republished, and uh, went about trying to get that done.
1: How difficult was that? Obviously, the the, the film was 1939, so the book uh, was written before that. Chances of the author being alive are are very slim, unless he's a very healthy man. Um, how
4: did you
3: <laughs> yeah, go I know? About-
1: well, the, the book was written by a
4: guy called Leonard Gribble. He passed away in 19. 19- eighty five and he wrote actually, he's a, i mean i' not i 'd not heard of him, him before and uh, but he he'd written a hell of a lot of books um, but uh, this was i think by far and away uh, the biggest book that he he'd written and uh, I think say the fact that it was turned into a film uh, was a major issue i think for him and uh, but say tracking down the first my first problem was was finding out okay the, knowing that the author had passed away who 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 held the copyright for this and uh, most of his books actually aren't in print i mean I, I did find some that were uh, printed in, um, in, in sort of large text for people with uh, uh, sight difficulty, maybe old, older people. And I contacted the, uh, the publishers of those books, and they very kindly forwarded a letter to me uh, to a copyright holder that turned out to be his daughter. And, uh, and then I, so I wrote to her saying that I'd like to republish the book, and she, she very kindly agreed.
1: Um, give us, a, for those that aren't aware of the story, just a quick synopsis of, of what it's about. It's, uh, it's basically
4: a, a murder mystery, you know, for, for people that have seen the, the film. And I don't think, to be honest, I don't think the, the film does the, the book justice. I mean, normally uh, that's the way things work. If you, if, you, if, you see, if you go to the movies and see a film and you buy the book afterwards, uh, normally I think the book's more enjoyable. And, and this is certainly the case with the Arsenal Stadium mystery. But it's basically a whodunit. It's, uh, it's uh, the Arsenal team of 1939 plays uh, an amateur side, a fictitious amateur side called the Trojans at uh, Arsenal Stadium or Highbury as we, we would know it. And uh, during the course of the match, one of the Trojan players uh, collapses on the pitch and, and dies. Uh, subsequent, uh, well, during the second half, he, he he dies in the dressing room. And it turns out then uh, that he he was uh, poisoned. Scotland Yard come in to investigate the case, and uh, and then it continues from there. But I say the book was written with with uh, with the full support of Arsenal Football Club, um, the manager. At that time, and and his team, and, and in fact, uh, the you know the manager George Allison and the uh, Arsenal players all appeared, I think, in the in the 1939 uh, film version of
1: the book. Wow. Okay. Well, cool. Um, tell me, uh, people obviously now are going to be really interested and in, in rushing out to to get a copy of this book. How do they do it?
4: Well. Uh, First of all, you you don't you can't really rush out to get a copy. You have to stay in to get a copy because it's not available. <laughs> it's not available at the moment um, from from any bookshops. And I'm not and I, to be honest, I don't know whether it will be because um, one of the things I discovered in the in the process of publishing this book is uh, how how much of a discount that the retailers and online booksellers. Uh, Want in order to sell your book, they'll you know they'll take a, They'll buy the books at a sixty percent discount to the retail price, which basically, in my case, eats up uh, any element of profit and sort of takes me into a loss situation. So the only way to buy this book is to to follow the links from. I don't, I'm not selling it through my website. The website that I created, which is www.gcrbooks.co.uk, is just for promotion of the book. But if you follow, you can follow links on that website to. Uh, the to the printers. They're actually being sold through through my printers.
1: All right, Greg, that's uh, brilliant. And uh, we've got some copies to give away. I'll go through that just after, uh, after we finish this. Good luck with it, and thanks a lot. Thank
4: you very much, and thanks for
1: having me on your show. So cheers to Greg, and if you would like to win yourself a copy of the book, listen carefully. The question is coming up, and if you have been listening carefully, you'll know the answer already. Uh, the film was uh, released in 1939, the Arsenal Stadium Mystery. Who was the manager of Arsenal at that time? Your... Answers, please, uh, to arscast at arsblog dot com. That's arscast at arsblog.com. If you want to go check out the book on the web, you can do that. The uh, address is www.gcrbooks.co.uk. That's www.gcrbooks.co.uk. It costs £12.95 plus post and packaging. Uh, So if you don't win, you know what to do. Uh, Answers and the winners will be on next week's Arsecast. So there you go. Now, last week on the cast, I asked you for some, comments about Cesc and the possibility of him being captain. Uh, we'll go through a couple of them. Lucy in Melbourne says I'm just writing to voice my agreement on Sesk for captain this season I could not wipe the smile off my face when I read the recent quotes for him standing up for Arsenal. It makes me incredibly proud to know that he is such a genuine love for our great club and it does Uh, When you see Adi Bayor going on the way he's going on and Sesk going on the way he's going on, defending Arsenal against Barcelona and dedicating his win, well not his win but Spain's win uh, in Euro 2008 to Arsenal fans, I know it doesn't do us much good but as a gesture, how can that not warm your little heart? Sesk for captain, I say it. David Armstrong says, yes, yes, and yes again. It would be great for him and the club if he were to wear the armband. He might be young, but he's shown passion for the club. While Andy says, uh, regarding your invitation to comment on the captaincy in the most recent Arscast, while I can appreciate the merits of Sesk taking the captaincy, I think it would be placing too much responsibility on his shoulders, which might detract from his overall play. Give him the vice captaincy so he can get a taste of it without the full burden of the job. Andy says, personally, I would give the job to Colo Toure which I suppose is another option and something that Gunaholic said last week as well. But thank you all for your emails on that one. Now, a tale of the unexpected. Why not? Welcome to Tales of the Unexpected on the Ozblog, OzCast.
5: Hello. My name is George and I've got another tale of the unexpected for you. This week I was going round the place selling carpet tiles. I found a whole load of them you see and I was trying to get rid of them. I was in offices, in houses, in department stores and factories saying do you want to buy any carpet tiles? Sure there's a bit of blood on them. But that'll come out if you use a bit of old vanish or if you ran a shaking and over it. Nobody seemed terribly interested though. So I stopped at a cafe and I ordered a coffee in a pint glass and I put in some of me homemade whiskey. I'm not going to give you the recipe but the secret ingredient is other people's tears. Anyway, beside me There was a Premier League footballer talking with his agent. And the agent said, ''We've got an offer from a club for you.'' And the player said, ''Well, what about my own club?'' And the agent said, ''Well, they've made a bit of an offer as well, but it's not as much as the offer from the other club.'' And the player said, ''Well, do you know what? I quite like playing for that club.'' "'Money isn't everything. It's not the end of the world if I don't get that big, big money contract yet. "'Sure am I'm at only 24 years of age, and I've got talent and belief in me on talent "'that I can go on, and if need be, I can sign that big deal in two years, or three years, or four years' time.' "'And the agent said, you're right, let's go and stay with the club you're at "'where you're only earning in a week what most people earn in a year anyway.' Let's do it. Now, as I'm sure you've probably guessed, that was unexpected.
1: To me. Another tale of the unexpected on next week's Arscast. Now, transfers. Not a great deal happening this week. Our our transfer roundup is is quite small. Uh, Amari Bischoff. Bischoff. Why don't you, Bischoff? But he he plays for, well, yeah, he doesn't play for Werder Bremen. He's never played for Werder Bremen. Never. And he's a sort of central midfield guy. And and there was all this talk earlier in the week about how we were definitely going to sign him. And it seems to me, as I said in the blog, a very strange sort of signing, given the fact that we've got Aaron Ramsey, who's, uh, you know, a midfielder, and uh, Fran Merida who went out on loan. and. And we've got uh, De Nielsen and Alex Song and Diaby and Gilberto and Cesc Fabregas. Uh, and we're going to sign this guy who's never played a game for de Bremen. Highly rated when he was younger, but, you know, so were a lot of people when they were younger. And we're never able to turn that into anything like a, a, a top-flight career. That said, at the moment, we're still waiting for it to happen. It may not happen, but it just seems a very odd kind of a signing to me. I don't quite... I don't get it. I know he's free, and if he turns out to be good, then great. But, I mean, you know, why? Couldn't we just buy somebody who's really good to start with? So we don't have this. I mean, maybe it's a surprise thing. Arsene loves surprises. Will he, won't he, will he, won't he? Oh, no, he didn't. What about him? Is he good? At, is he good? At, no. What about this one? Oh, this one's good. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens there. We still haven't had any news on the Nasri deal, but that's uh, nothing to worry about. I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Although we've been saying that for a little while, and we haven't really been linked to it anyone else. All our transfer news has been involving players going out of the club. Chleb uh, and Adibayor in particular. But even regarding those two, it's been very, very quiet uh, this week. Uh, players are back for pre-season training on Monday, I believe. Uh, uh, those that weren't involved in Euro 2008 at least. So with Arsene Wenger sort of back in the saddle and in his office every day, maybe things will will pick up a bit. But as always, I'm taking it easy, case Sirrah sera. Don't see me having any heart attacks, do you? No ulcers here. I can tell you that for a fact, I do not have an ulcer probably just indigestion that searing pain in my belly so um, that's it. that's really about it. I can't think of anything else that we should be talking about. can you is there anything? I'll take that silence as a no then. And until next week's IrisCast, have yourselves a very good weekend. Talk to you all next week on the blog. Until then, bye-bye.
6: Hello, I've got some information about the signing of Sami Nasri. I put his name through one of them anagram generators and it turns out his name is an anagram of Mars Iran is. Now, what this means is very clear. The anagram is telling us that Mars is actually iran and america's interest in the middle east is not so much to do with the oil but a desire to take over outer space how does this link up with sammy Nazri, you might be asking and it's a good question the answer is that sammy Nazri, his mother is from iran and his dad is from mars this means that he won't be eligible for Champions League games because of a work permit problem. And that's why the deal hasn't gone through. You are the ear first. Good luck.
0: This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy.